Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to Sully Baseball. This is the podcast. We talk about baseball 52 weeks out of the year. There is no offseason. And I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I'm dropping this on the 29th day of March 2018, which is opening day. And I'm currently at an amazing Little League field in Atherton, California, called Homer Field at Willie Mays Ballpark. Now, first of all, it's Homer Field, so I thought it was either named after a home run or after the Greek poet, but it turns out it's named after a dude named Homer. But also, this is Atherton, California, which is the hometown of Willie Mays, the arguably the greatest player of all time, and he lives somewhere in this town where I'm currently at. And I am doing a podcast, and some of you are listening to me on Stitcher or SoundCloud or on Apple Podcasts, and some of you are seeing my face right now as I'm posting this as a video podcast as well. That's one thing that's going to happen this season is there's going to be more video podcasts, and they will be available on the Patreon page, which I am launching in the next few days, actually. But this one is not behind the Patreon paywall. This one's for everyone. And this is a special day because today is the opening of the season. I'm here at this fantastic little league field in Atherton where kids play. In fact, my kids did a summer baseball program here. And I'm really, really jealous of the kids who get to call this place a their little league home. It's a, it's a great field. It's a well-kept field. As you can see behind me, um, there there's basically grandstands behind them and it, it, with a nice canopy and everything. And there's a, there are dugouts and there's a bullpen and there's a terrific scoreboard. This is and this is this type of place which, if you're playing as a kid, you feel like a ball player. And of course, calling it Willie Mays, I don't know if that means the same for kid today but you know it's a connection it's the sort of connection that baseball needs to do a lot they need to find ways to create the game that has survived all these years and has survived many times that people had declared it dead but also find ways to adapt a little bit and find ways how do we play up and and play to the crowd a little better as we get towards the as we're approaching basically 20% of this new century being over. It's opening day, and it's a Thursday afternoon is when the season's beginning. I, I just, I know I'm a broken record about this, but there is such an easy way to start the baseball season that just makes so much sense. And that easy way is, and fans of the show, you know I bring this up, You start the season with the All-Star Game. You start the season with the biggest stars and all the best names and people showing up. The first time you see Giancarlo Stanton in a uh, Yankee uniform and everything, it's it's such a no-brainer. Instead of, you know, starting it in Australia like they did a few years ago where it was happening while everyone was sound asleep, or you start with a bunch of random games, start it with everybody. All the biggest names, because the point to be made about that is, first of all, it keeps interest in the game alive throughout the offseason because you vote for the players into the All-Star game based upon their performance of the entire season last year. Uh, You don't penalize players who had a bad second 
who had a good second half but a poor first half. You know, you, you do it based on the whole year. And as I've said before, there are certain automatic bids, you know, like the Most Valuable Player, the Cy Young Award. You know, maybe you take the top 10 MVP finishers or the top five Cy Young finishers and the World Series MVP. And by doing that, you have players like Altuve, like Aaron Judge, like Jim Carl Stanton, like Joey Votto, like Mike Trout, like Corey Kluber, like Max Scherzer, like uh, Clayton Kershaw. They're all automatically going to be in the game no matter what. So you know you're going to have the players who put up the best numbers from the year before, and you can have all sorts of highlights. You could do all sorts of uh, clips and, and, and you know visual things throughout the game. You could do the in memoriam. I mean, it makes more sense to do it at the beginning of the year as you, you know, take your hat off and you remember all those who you've lost since the beginning of the last year. You could be reminded, especially the wonderful World Series and the really, really exciting postseason that we had last year. You could be reminded of some of the great highlights of that. And also you could do some fun things because it's an exhibition. Because it's no longer determining who is going to have home field advantage during the World Series. Because it doesn't do that, you can have some fun. I don't know if you saw the the clip that they showed. Uh, uh, I believe it was an ESPN broadcast, and they were they had uh, Mookie Betts of the Red Sox was miked, and they were able to the announcer was just able to talk to him as he's in right field and sort of chat with him. And while that is looked upon by some people as a uh, a detriment to baseball, that the players, a top-level player, can have a conversation with someone during the game. Uh, could that be something that's different? Could that be something you can play with and, and make to your advantage? What happened during that when they were mic'd and chatting with him is he's the right fielder for the Red Sox, and uh, whoever was at bat for Chicago hit a ball into down the right field line. And it was clear that it was not going to be a ball he was going to catch. It was going to be one that was going to go into the corner. And you just, as he's talking about a, a, a bowling game or something like that, and he sees the ball heading right field, and you hear him go, uh-oh, not going to catch this one, boys. And it was hilarious. It was really funny. There was moments of honesty and moments of, yep, the, the, you're not going to catch every ball. Every ball goes to the, your field. You're not always going to get it. And the fact that it turned into a really funny moment made me think, well, what if we mic the players up during the All-Star game? What if we could hear what they're saying? What if we could talk to them? What if we can chatter with them? It's an exhibition. So it's fun. And you make a couple other ground rules. You know, uh, every pitcher who pitches only pitches one inning. But you end the game after nine. There's no extra innings. There's no... Uh, chance for what happened in Milwaukee in 2002 where the just they ran out of players and they had to just stop the game if it's a tie you could do something fun you could have a home run derby you could have a home run derby with players who are recently retired I mean, what if you had Barry Bonds representing the National League and Alex Rodriguez representing the American League hell A-Rod's already rehabilitating his image why not Bonds and tell me you wouldn't watch that and hell they're not playing anymore you know, they should juice up and launch them out. Who, who cares? There are ways you can do this to make it fun. And there are ways you can do it to introduce the game. Here are all the players you want to see. 
And the big acquisition is the first time you're seeing them in a new team. And it's a way to say hello to a bunch of friends at the beginning of a marathon. And that's what this is. Now, if you say, well, what about midway through the season? I, I've talked about you know, ideas of what to do with the midway point of the season. I think the best thing to do is have give everyone in baseball a few days off and then relax all the waiver wire rules and have it be just a feeding frenzy of trades and also uh, have the Hall of Fame induction during that time as well. That's your, that's what I think. But that's a, that's another day, and that maybe that's another uh, video podcast. I don't know about that. But that's how the season should begin. That's what we should be doing today. But we're not. We're not. And it is, in so many ways, the happiest day of the year for fans like me and for a lot of fans out there. And I think our enthusiasm for, yeah, it's the beginning. It's the start of a great season. It's all going to be real again. Should be the sort of thing that baseball uses to sell to get hooked on that enthusiasm the same way that you get in you see people enthusiastic about movies that you wouldn't normally be in you know pumped to see or tv shows you wouldn't normally be pumped to see that you can do that with baseball it's got the built-in fan base it's got the people who are absolutely passionate about it It has the people who dress up and wait in line now this being the beginning of the season I have to continue a, in many ways, ridiculous, and in my case, absolutely futile job of making predictions. It's really silly that we make predictions. You know, it, it, I've becoming less and less enthralled with it. I play along because everyone does. It's like, oh, okay, and then, you know, when one does come, it's like, ah, you see, I picked it. I picked it. Like it matters. And it's also, it's kind of like when a movie comes out or a TV show comes out or a finale of a TV show is coming around and people, what do you think is going to happen? You try to guess. I remember when the Breaking Bad finale was coming out. What's going to happen with Walter White? Is is is, you know, is he going to die? Is anyone, is is Jesse going to die? And then, and you know, people bring it up like, what's going to happen in the finale of Game of Thrones? What's going to happen in Star Wars The Last Jedi and all this stuff? And I'm like, well, why don't you just go and watch? Why do you have to make it? Why can't you just watch it and see how it unfolds? Well, I can say that about baseball. I'm just going to watch it and see how it unfolds. But it's a little bit of human nature that you want to say, here's what I think will happen. And you think that somehow that makes you wicked smart. And yeah, I just said wicked smart. Every once in a while, I'm going to sound like a native New Englander. And when I say wicked smart, that's going to be one of those moments you're going to have to find a way to deal with that. And it comes a point where you say, all right, well, let's go make our predictions. And so the wild act of futility, I'm about to make my predictions for the season. The official Sully Baseball predictions are traditionally bad. Let me tell you, the 1999, when when I went before there was blogs or, or before I knew about blogs and before you know, podcasts or anything, I still would make my predictions. And, and in 1999, going into that season, I predicted that the New York Yankees would repeat as World Series champions. I didn't want them to, but I said, I think they're going to repeat as World Series champions. That was the last time I correctly predicted the world champion 
before the season began. And that was not exactly the bravest choice. You know, the Yankees were coming off a hundred was a hundred and fourteen win season and where they swept the Padres in the World Series. They only lost two postseason games all October, both of them to Cleveland. So yeah, I wasn't like, oh man, he 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 picked the the ninety nine Yankees. Wow, this I didn't realize he was a seer. So I'm one of these apes who believes that the century and the millennium began in the year 2000. And with that in mind, in 2000, I predicted the Braves would win the World Series. In 2001, I picked the Yankees, the year they didn't win. In 2002, I picked the Cardinals. Keep in mind, I'm going to say that a bunch. In 2003, I picked the Cardinals. In 2004, the year the Red Sox broke the curse, I picked the Astros. 2005, I picked the Minnesota Twins. 2006, I said the Chicago White Sox were going to repeat as World Series champions. 2007, another year where the Red Sox wound up winning the World Series, I picked the Angels. 2008, screw it, I picked the Red Sox. 2009, I put my head on the chopping block, picked the Oakland A's. In 2010, ah, screw it, I'm just going to pick the Yankees. 2011, obviously it's going to be the Phillies. 2012, you know what? I think it's going to be the Marlins. 2013, eh, play it safe, Cardinals. 2014, eh, play it safe, Cardinals. 2015, eh, play it safe, Cardinals. 2016, eh, it's an even year. Giants, last year. Do you know what? It's going to be the Indians. That's a lot of bad predictions. Of that group, only two actually played in that year's World Series. That would be the 2001 Yankees who lost to Arizona, and that would also be the 2013 Cardinals, who lost to my Red Sox. So when you hear me make these predictions, know they come with a decades-long tradition of being awful, of being truly bad. But I make them anyway, because eventually I'll pick the right one. Now, let's go make my picks. And I'm, what I'm going to do is I'm going to make my official pick and then I'm going to do what I call my wackadoodle pick, which is, do you know what? Sometimes baseball can be wackadoodle. Sometimes you can think you can make all the right moves and all the right predictions. And then you look up and lo and behold, the team you thought was going to do great is having a losing record. And a surprising team is in the postseason. Like you picked the Rockies to win a wildcard spot last year. So my official pick in the AL East is, and it pains me to say this, I'm going to pick the Yankees. I don't think they're going to run away with the division. I do think the Red Sox are going to give them fits. But in the end, I think the Yankees are going to win, well, let's say, 95, 96 games. I think the Red Sox are going to win 90 to 92 games. I think this will be about four or five games in the end that are going to separate the two teams. I think that if one team suffers a lot of injuries or another team goes on a wild winning streak, they could overpass the other one. I think it would be close with the Yankees sneaking by. Now, what is my wackadoodle pick for the American League East? That'd be Baltimore. And the reason I'm saying Baltimore is that, do you know what? What if Tillman and Cobb and some of their pitchers wind up having a good year? And what if the Yankees pitching staff and the Red Sox pitching staff and the Blue Jays and the Rays pitching staffs can't quite cut it? What if Buck Showalter has a team that nobody thinks is going to do piddly-poo this year? 
and they wind up doing piddly-poo, especially with Manny Machado realizing this is my big contract year. What if that happens? Showalter has taken teams that nobody thought had a chance to the postseason before. What if this is one of those years? I don't think it will happen, but it's worth keeping in the back of your head for wackadoodle reasons. Now, in terms of the American League Central, that's a pretty easy pick, although not as easy as it was a few weeks ago. I'm picking the Cleveland Indians again, even though I think Minnesota has really improved itself, especially if some of those players who played really well down the stretch continue to play well. They may make a run at Cleveland, but I do think Cleveland is player for player, depth-wise, the best team in the American League Central. They're the pick right now. The wackadoodle pick would be the White Sox. Why the White Sox? Because any time that you have a team that's that loaded with top prospects, there's always the outside chance that they come together and start playing well a year ahead of schedule, kind of like how the Washington Nationals did in 2012. So if that happens, oh, and they and Cleveland takes a step back and the Twins stumble, the White Sox could surprise people. I don't think they're going to. That's my wackadoodle pick. In terms of the American League West, the Astros, the Astros, the world champion Astros look amazing. They they won, a, what, 102 ball games last year, and they could be better this year. It may not reflect in their win-loss total as better, but they may be a deeper team and better equipped for a long October run than they did last year when they kind of sort of won the World Series. Now, you can say a wackadoodle pick in the American League West is any team other than Houston. I'll say Texas for the same reason that I said Chicago in the American League Central. Texas has a bunch of young players. And what if the Calhouns and the Gallows and the, the slumping Odors all suddenly blossom and have career seasons all at once? Well, I think they have an outside chance to win the wildcard spot. As for the American League West, the only way any team other than Houston is going to win the American League West is if, Jesus, is if a meteor hits Houston. And even then, my wild card picks right now would be the Red Sox, who I think are going to be a good team this year. Uh, and lest we forget the Red Sox, almost everything went wrong for the team last year. They had this lowest home run total. They had a fractured clubhouse. They had a manager who knew he was on the outs. They couldn't get the big hit all year. David Price had to be taken out of the rotation because of injuries. They had a rotten season from Porcello. They had down years from Hanley Ramirez, Xander Bogart, Smokey Betts. Up and down the team were people having subpar years, and they still won 90-some-odd games in the division. If some of those players I mentioned just get to the, a mediocre season for them, they have a real good chance of winning the East. I don't think they're going to. I think they're a wild card team. Minnesota, for the reasons I said before, who finished the season on an absolute roll, have a ton of talent, and really, really make good improvements to holes in their lineup and holes in their pitching staff. All right, let's go to the National League. Uh, NL East, it's an easy pick. It's going to be the Washington Nationals. They are the only team in that division that I think is going to have a winning record. Even though I think the Braves and the Phillies are much improved. And the Mets, this is what is it, the eighth annual, if everyone stays healthy, the Mets will do great season. They're not all going to stay healthy. And the Braves and the Phillies are not ready yet. My wackadoodle pick in the NL East would be 
the Phillies because of the addition of Arietta and a lot of young players. Again, if they finish a year ahead of schedule, who knows what could happen? I know what's going to happen. The Nationals are going to win the division. As for the American League Central, I'm going to say it. I'm going to pick the Milwaukee Brewers. I see the Cubs take – I am I'm constantly being burned on the Cubs. And then last year I said, ah, screw it. I picked them to win the pennant, and they didn't win the pennant. So I, I get screwed a lot with my lack of confidence in the Cubs, which makes some people, including longtime fan, Cubs fan with an eight, say, why do you hate the Cubs? Nobody hates the Cubs. All right? I just don't see them as being as deep as all these other teams do. You know, if Lester and some of their other pitchers, including Darvish, get hurt or get, you know, fall off a cliff, I don't see them being a lock to win 90 games this year. I really don't. And I think the Milwaukee Brewers are a good and improved team who played very well last year and I think probably learned a lot from their second half slide. I'm picking the Brew Crew. And my wackadoodle pick is the Pittsburgh Pirates. Why? Because I like the Pittsburgh Pirates. And maybe taking the specter of what's going to happen with Andrew McCutcheon, what's going to happen with Andrew McCutcheon, or maybe saying, well, he's traded to to San Francisco. That's what happened to Andrew McCutcheon. Oh, geez, well, there you go. Maybe taking that cloud off of the team, maybe they'll start winning a bunch of games. They're not going to. Okay, uh, for the National League West, the Dodgers are clearly the most talented team. They just are, and they are a team that is stacked. They've got the best pitcher in baseball, and I think they have a tremendous amount of depth to the team. I I wouldn't be surprised to see them win 100 games again, and they are a real, legit pennant contender. And I think they're by far the best team in the National League West. And that's saying something, because this is a division that had Arizona, which has a lot of talent on it, and Colorado, which I think has a lot of talent on it, has been improving themselves. Now, I would have put the San Francisco Giants in that bunch. And right up until just a few weeks ago, I've been saying, you know what, the Giants, if their pitching staff stays healthy, they have the talent to win in the high 80s, possibly low 90s, and sneak in there. But guess what? If you're starting the season and you can't start Bumgarner and you can't start Samajda, you can't bring Melanson out of the bullpen and you're relying on a bunch of old guys, man, I, I, I want the Giants to do well. I like the Giants. The Giants are my favorite National League team. But do you know what? It's been a hell of a decade for San Francisco fans. And you may just have to dust off the 2014, 2012, and 2010 DVDs to get you through this season, which... If the beginning of this any indication of what this year is going to be like, it's going to be kind of rough. My wackadoodle pick, ah, San Francisco, <laughs> that they wind up doing well despite all the injuries. Um, I don't think San Diego has the slightest prayer. So, and my nationally wild card picks would be the Chicago Cubs and the Colorado Rockies. I believe in the Rockies. I think they have a lot of talent on that team. I think they have a better pitching staff than people give them credit for. I think they've got a lot of good, solid bats on that team. And it would not surprise me at all to see them win 90 games and one of the National League wildcard spots. 
All right, let me make a couple of award picks, and those awards should be handed out at the All-Star Game, too. Uh, AL MVP is Trout because he's the best player in baseball. Uh, an MVP candidate other than Trout, let's say Correa, who I picked last year. NL MVP, I'm going to say it. I think he's going to win his second one as he's putting together a solid Hall of Fame candidacy. That would be Joey Votto. Joey Votto is my pick to win the National League Most Valuable Player, even though I don't think the Reds are going to contend. I think he's going to have such a great offensive season that there's just not going to be any denying him the MVP. Uh, the NL Cy Young pick, you know, is it going to be Kershaw? Is it going to be Scherzer? I think it's going to be Kershaw. A pick other than Kershaw Scherzer? Why not Steven Strasburg? He's never won one. Now, here is my actual, this is my wackadoodle pick. This is my actual pick to win the American League Cy Young Award. Are you listening to me? Justin Verlander. I think Verlander is wired. He's got his World Series ring. He realized his Hall of Fame candidacy is all but locked up. And if he has one more great season, then he's in the first ballot. And I think he has it in him. I think he's rejuvenated. I think the pitcher that we saw pitch that last month and in the postseason for Houston is the pitcher that we're going to see this year. Yes, Chris Sale is going to be terrific. Yes, Corey Kluber is going to be terrific. There's a chance you may see one of the Yankee pitchers like Tanaka or maybe uh, Severino. You're going to see some good. There are good, solid pitchers in the American League. But I think Justin Verlander is going to take this team and realize this could be a legacy year for him. And this is for someone who's already won a Cy Young Award, a Most Valuable Player Award, an Elite Championship Series MVP, and the heart of Kate Upton. Now, in terms of the Rookie of the Year, I, it's, it's not going to be Otani of the Angels. And uh, Puck, or what was the name of the guy for the A's? Well, it doesn't matter. He already has Tommy John surgery. So I'm going to look down to Texas and say Willie Calhoun is going to win the Rookie of the Year. And Ronald Acuna, who is sent down to a, uh, minor leagues to expand his uh, eligibility to play for the Braves, he'll come up he'll, just like what happened with Chris Bryant. He'll come up, he'll win the Rookie of the Year, and the Braves are going to be very, very exciting come 2019. Uh, AL Manager of the Year, I, you know, I'm just going to say Terry Francona again. I just think he is going to have a year. I think the Indians aren't as stacked as they have been in the past, and I think him winning another division title is going to go a long way. Uh, one of the many rookie managers I think is going to win the National League Manager of the Year, and that's Dave Martinez who's the manager of the Nationals. He's inheriting a team that's been to the 2012, 2014, 2016, 2017 postseason. So it's not like it's a rebuilding process. But I think he's going to show that being having the reputation of being the right-hand man of Joe Madden, arguably the best manager in baseball, he's finally going to get his chance, and I think he's going to shine. Um, I think what managers are going to be fired. I think Scott Service of the Mariners. I think the Mariners are going to have a disastrous season. And while I don't think it's Scott Service's fault, I think he's going to take the fall. Uh, and I think Mike Matheny is going to be fired from the Cardinals. Remember, he's been there. This is not a new manager for the Cardinals. He's been there since 2012. And he inherited a team that was a World Series winner. He did get him back to the World Series in 2013. They did have a 100-win season in 2015. But they've been on the decline. And the transfer of power in the National League Central has gone from St. Louis to Chicago. And I, I quite frankly can't believe Matheny has lasted this long. I would love to see them put Jose Okendo in there. He should have probably got the job back in 2012. But also remember, 
Joe Girardi's out there. And it would not surprise me, a Midwest guy like Girardi with a long history and love for the history of the game, to see him in St. Louis. All right, if you think picking uh, winners of awards and things like that are ridiculous, what do you think the ridiculous level is for picking postseason results at this point? Off the charts ridiculous. So let's do it anyway. Remember all those picks that I gave before that were dead wrong this entire, entire decade? Well, let's keep doing it for this one. Maybe I'll be right this year. Maybe I'll be the proverbial blind squirrel finding a damn nut. So the wild card game. Boy, talk about stupid making predictions. Let's predict one game in October now. Uh, I say the Red Sox over the Twins. And... Because Cub fans hate me already, the Rockies over the Cubs. Those are your two wildcard results. Don't worry, I don't have either one of them winning the pennant. The division series, I think the Houston Astros are going to play my beloved Boston Red Sox, and I think the Astros are going to thump them. The Indians are going to play the Yankees in a rematch from last year. I don't think the Indians are going to let up. I think it should be a great series that the Indians will win. Meanwhile, in the National League, you'll have the Washington Nationals defeat the Colorado Rockies. And then you'll have the Los Angeles Dodgers defeat the Milwaukee Brewers. In the League Championship Series, I had the Astros defeating Cleveland, and I had Washington defeating the Dodgers. So what does that mean for the World Series? I have the Houston Astros repeating as World Series champions in six games over the Washington Nationals. So that means I now have officially eliminated the Houston Astros from winning the World Series. Because I picked them, and it's not going to happen. I wouldn't mind seeing the Astros win the World Series again. I'd like to see a new team win. Hell, I'd like to see the Red Sox win. I'm a Red Sox fan. So maybe you're saying, hmm, Sully, why didn't you pick the Red Sox to win? Well, maybe I'm keeping them from being eliminated. But if I really wanted to do that, I would pick the Yankees. Because that would have eliminated them right now. But I'm picking the Astros over the Nationals. That's my pick. And enough of this predictions. Let's get started now. Let's start this season and start it right. It should be a great season. We've got lots of great young players. We've got great superstars. We've got some quality veterans on the verge of some tremendous milestones. Let's enjoy it. Let's let the season unfold the way it's supposed to unfold. And with that in mind, keep coming here. We're going to have lots of podcasts, and we're going to have lots of new content that's going to be on the Patreon page, and we're going to have a new in-memoriam video for the All-Star Games, which will be at the mid-season, not the beginning where it belongs, and we'll see how my predictions go. So go to SullyBaseball.com, like me on Facebook, subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Twitter, Stitcher, Instagram, I'm everywhere. The music is by Ted Thacker and Patrick Kaliski, sitting at Homer Field at Willie Mays Ballpark. This has been Sully Baseball for the 29th day of 2018. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sullivan.